I usually count to five and say a quick prayer. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Diana Show. I'm so excited, actually, because this is one of my personal favorite people to hang out with. And I spent, I logged years and years uh, side by side with her at a salon that we worked at together. Actually, my salon. Um, It was City Salon for, I don't know, I think like maybe nine or 10 years. And she's my girl. So this is Maria Blige. Hi, Maria. Hi, Diana. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. So Maria owns an adorable salon downtown Huntington Beach. It's called Salt. Is it Salt Hair Studio? Hair Lounge. Salt Hair Lounge. Salt Hair Lounge. It's really, really cute and peaceful and sweet. And she has a great staff. So anyway, obviously with COVID, there have been some changes for you, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go back to let's go back five months ago or almost six months ago now. And tell me like. St. Patty's Day, uh, that's when everything changed for me. We got the call about the spring break being, you know, extended. And then that's where it all started. So what, when did you first hear about it? Um, The same, actually. We, um, you know, the governor closed everything down pretty much. And um, it was kind of crazy because we like had, you know, we're like had all of our people booked. And I just came off being super sick, which. I wasn't tested, but I'm pretty sure I had coronavirus. So I already missed almost a month of work and I was just getting back into it. And I was like slammed busy and trying to get everyone in. And then we were closed down. And, um, you know, I I think maybe a lot of people can relate to the fact that at first I was like, oh yeah, people are getting sick. Let's be careful. Mm -hmm. But then it was like the entire world just shut down. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, what the heck? Right. (laughs) And that was a really fearful moment I think because and then you know people were having a hard time getting food so like I called my kids and I was like make sure you guys have food like I don't I don't even have anything in my house I've been sick for a month (laughs) and been grocery shopping yeah so it was like a crazy moment Mm -hmm. right then not knowing what was going to happen so yeah we closed down and um we what we were closed for almost two months, like a month and a half, I think we opened back up again, um, June 1st. And then um, felt like we were just slammed with clients and trying to get everybody in and then they closed us again. When did you guys close again? Um, June or July 10th, I think. Okay, so you were open for five weeks and then they closed you again. Yeah. And then they've done that whole like where you can cut hair outside. But I think that I mean, I don't own a salon anymore, but I can't even imagine trying to do that outside. Well, it is really difficult. I mean, thank God in heaven we live in beautiful Southern California, so it's not bad. Um, <clears throat> but de- like days like yesterday, it was excruciatingly hot. Like, I mean, we had fans going outside, which is really difficult to do foils or um, haircutting with the on you. For sure. <clears throat> But every time I, well, also we can cut hair outside at the salon, um, which is totally crazy to me. I'm paying this rent, beautiful downtown Main Street. Oh, yeah. Can't go inside my own salon that I'm paying for. So So what do you do? You cut people's hair, then foil them and send them home to wash it out? No, we're not allowed to color outside. Oh. um, But state board is allowing us to do house calls, so which makes no sense to me. That's crazy. we could do house calls, which, you know, as a um, hairdresser, that's never been allowed. 
Yeah. And that seems like it puts you more at risk than anyone else because I mean, and then everyone else is at risk because you're the one going house to house because to me, you don't know how clean everyone's house is. Well, and that's the whole point of why state board, you're supposed to do hair inside the salon because we're mm-hmm. in such a clean environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hey, look, how many other business, how many other people um, have to go through, how many other licenses have to go through 1600 hours to get certified and licensed by the state of California? Um, I mean, yeah. I know. And guys, if you, if you're not a hairdresser and you haven't been through this process, you pretty much come out after a year of intense school. That's like 40 hours a week. And you don't really even know how to do hair. I mean, you have to actually learn how to do hair and apprentice for a couple of years after, because all of those 1600 hours are about sanitation, safety, cleaning, et cetera. Which I would think out of anybody, we should be able to be open maybe first. (laughs) Yeah. I think so too. I mean, we have 1600 hours of sanitation and public mm-hmm. safety. So, um, and like you said, Diana, they don't care if you know how to cut a straight line when you get out. They don't. Yeah. That's they don't, not because that's, not even tested on that. No, not really. I mean, can you, the way that they want to see you do a haircut isn't about, is it a good haircut? It's about, are you keeping the scissors pointed away from your client? You know, like mm-hmm. how are you holding the razor when you, you know, slide cut, is it towards the client or away from the client? It's all about the client's safety. Right. And, um, and sanitation, which is good. I mean, I'm, I'm it glad about that. Um, yeah, it's great. But the thing is, you know, if they're expecting us to stay afloat um, by just cutting hair, that's like asking um, a, a restaurant to just serve appetizers. Like it's, we can't, oh, we can't do point. it. Yeah. You know, it just not, it doesn't work. And um, <clears throat> so I've been doing a lot of house calls, which is really um, taxing on our bodies, even cutting hair in the alley, you yeah. know, we don't have chairs that are going up and down because it's hard for us to get them in and out. Like, cause mm-hmm. you can't leave them outside, mm-hmm. but, um, and then you don't and, have the rubber mats outside, which you, yeah, need. you don't. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, man, I've been the chiropractor more in the last five months than I ever have in my life. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> I bet and, it's stressful. Yeah. So But, you know, every time I get really stressed out and you're paying for a business that I can't even work in, I just wonder how many other businesses could withstand being open for a fifth of the time over a five-month period. And are you still paying your regular rent there? I am. Yeah. And, you know, um, most salons in Southern California are space rent. And so my girls aren't paying me rent. Um, and then we don't get to apply for the PPP stuff because we don't have quote unquote employees. So salons are really taking it hard. Yeah. I have friends that just lost their salon that's been open for a very long time. And this poor girl that owned the salon, she's not even a hairdresser. And so here she's a young mom with um, young children and now she has nothing Mm -hmm. and she worked really hard for that. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if people are realizing the impact that this is having on our industry. Right. The thing too about a salon, and I assume a restaurant's the same thing, is there's such a large upfront investment to get the salon um, plumbing because it's specific plumbing, electrical, and like even like making sure your electrical outlets can handle the load of the blow dryer, the curling iron, et cetera. And so there's a lot of upfront costs into making a salon a salon. You don't just walk 
your chairs. And then if you're like, okay, I'm not going to pay rent here anymore. I'm just going to wait until COVID's over. I'm going to gather up my chairs and my mats and my scissors, and I'm going to take that home and wait till another space is available. The, the money that you've spent really is invested in that space. Right. And so That's- like, I know my downtown salon was like a $200,000 investment just to build it out originally. And you know, if we had to, if we couldn't pay the rent, which I can imagine we couldn't have, because at that time our rent was like, I think around eight grand, this is five years ago, mm-hmm. but our space rent was eight grand. If my staff couldn't pay space rent or couldn't cut hair, which I would expect that they couldn't pay me rent. I, there's no way I could keep a salon. I, there's no way I could come up with eight grand a month by running well, around to people's houses. Cause right. how many clients can you really fit in in a day when you're chunking around all over town traveling and then hauling your suitcase in and out to do people's hair. Yeah. And that's just it. So you're doing maybe a third of the work and Mm -hmm. it's taken you longer. Twice the work, twice the physical effort though. Right. And you know, Diana, as you know, um, it's not just the space rent. I mean, it's not just the lease, uh, what we're paying to be in that spot. It's the, um, all the things that come with it, insurance, yeah. And, um, you know, like keeping up with your software and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, the internet, so all this stuff, that all your subscriptions. Keeps, yeah. And so, um, it's li- uh, my business partner and I, in five years, we've never paid ourselves and we just kept putting all the money back into the business and leaving it there for an emergency. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Oh but gosh. now it's gone. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, now it's like straight out of our pocket. Like you said, I'm like, trekking around town just to try to pay for a space I can't even use because the governor's telling us we can't like I mean it's crazy for you and your partner are you like okay every week you're like okay maybe it's next week I mean do you have hope that it's opening soon or is there some kind of a plan they're emailing you with no there's no communication none that's the part that's a trip to me because if you, they were going to close down in five weeks, it would have been good to know, hey, don't invest a bunch of money into, you know, modifying your salon because we might close you down in a couple of weeks. Which a lot of people did. Yeah. Like, you know, and, you know, all we all did um, spent money modifying. We took out two chairs. So we only have three chairs in our salon. So we were more than six feet apart. Yeah. Um, you know, all all the stuff that goes into that, all the, you know, people putting up barriers and Right. Um, protective gear and all this kind of stuff and um, all the time and money mm-hmm. and then just to close this again. So yeah, you're right. Did you really want to invest all that money for them just to tell you to go cut hair outside in the alley? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it's a crazy time. And I've definitely had moments where I'm like, man, what the frick, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I have to like manage my mind and manage my yes. thoughts. And- and tell myself, okay, Maria, what are you thankful for? And I'm like, I'm thankful that I have a job that I can drive from house to house and swing all my stuff with me and, and cut hair anywhere, you mm-hmm. know, um, and do color anywhere. And it's making people happy. Mm-hmm. You know, even uh, my client said yesterday, she said, um, oh my gosh, I feel so good. Thank you so much. And she's yep. like, you know, my husband asked me, what do you care? No one's even seeing you. And she's like, it's for me. Yeah, You know, when we're feeling bummed out, like um, not looking good when you look in the mirror and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I, I literally have gray hair <laughs> mm-hmm. that maybe you didn't really think you even had. But it's a really a, um, we're all struggling so much. I think right now it's starting trying to stay positive and um, 
hopeful and um when you don't look good and you don't feel good and you're stressed out um maybe just a little thing like having your hair beautiful like lightens you up and makes you feel a little bit hopeful again you know Mm -hmm. so um self-care and and managing our bodies and you know not being able to work out and um at the gym stuff like that it's really I mean I think we're super essential (laughs) I think so too yeah well I know that oh go ahead go ahead I'm sorry no you go I was just going to say, and um, for my girls too, that work in the salon, like I want to um, be supportive to them, but like, I don't, I mean, I don't have any answers for them, you know? Sure. So, but just to try to stay positive, that's <laughs> all we could do. Yeah, definitely. What are the things that um, I'm going to ask you this question, then I'm going to give you my answer. So you have a second to think about it. You think about it and tell me what are the things, like what helps you stay positive? Because I know for me, um, I don't work outside of the home anymore. I used to own salons and I'm really grateful that I don't right now because that would, Mm. it's hard. I mean, I I watch you guys. I've talked to a few of you guys that I'm going to be interviewing and just the stress alone is very stressful. But I, I love how you said, what do I have to be grateful for? And I know I think about, oh my gosh, what if. What if back when we were all scrambling around for toilet paper and uh, we literally went through a week where we didn't have enough toilet paper and I was like, well, we do have salon towels in my house. Oh my God. Cut ups or we have extra diapers because the baby got potty trained. I'm like, maybe we can cut up the diapers, you know, and it all worked out. But, you know, if you think about what could have happened, it could have really been a literal food shortage. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they could have had to do martial law or whatever. And I mean, I try not to go too far down that valley of disaster. But when you think about like, okay, what if there was like a, you know, a, nu- a nuclear accident mm-hmm. and or or some kind of like sickness that, um, you know, it could be worse. And so I right. think that way a lot, which I have to be careful with because I can kind of go down the road of like, oh, my gosh, what if this happens? You know, mm-hmm. and I, I tend to be an anxiety prone person anyway, because I'm always thinking about 10 steps ahead. But then also I feel like that little putting myself like a little hamster on a wheel and making sure every day I'm getting some exercise and getting some sunlight, talking with a friend, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, reading something good. And really, like you said, managing my mind is just, it's like the very small day-to-day tasks that I feel like are getting me by. And that example for my kids and like kind of as a leader of my household, well, not kind of, I am the leader of my household with my husband is really, really essential right now. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, you know, um, I'm really big and not living in fear. I've, um, I've had things happen to me in my life that I could definitely live in fear. And so I think the difference is being aware and mm-hmm. doing what you can and still living life and still trying to be joyful because I, I'm not used to living in fear like that. And if I get to that place, like, like are we never going to open or what's really going to happen in our society? Are we always going to wear masks like our whole lives and we're not going to see people smile anymore and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So if I start to think those things, mm-hmm. then, um, that doesn't do me any good at all. Right. So instead, I like to focus like... Um, crazy thing because of COVID, my daughter and my grandbabies are living here with me now. And, um, you know, that could be something that's stressful, but instead I'm like, 
Lord, I love seeing their little happy faces every mm-hmm. morning and um, just things like that. Like not focus on what you can't control, but focus on what you can control and focus right. on what is good and mm-hmm. where your joy is coming from in your life. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how I try to manage my mind. And when I, you know, it's obvious we're all going to have emotions and have some kind of fear, but just pray, pray for our nation, pray for my family, pray for, um, for God to continue to give me hope. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm a Christian. Jesus is my Lord and savior. So he's the God of hope. And, um, that's right. I just try to focus on that, especially when I'm having a hard time on, on my own. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What do other people in your industry say? I know you said you don't have a whole bunch of advice for the girls you work with because there's not a, like, aside from just managing their emotions, but like other people who are your peers that um, are out in the industry that we're educating. Because um, for you guys that don't know, there's a whole industry aside from the salon industry where um, a lovely, experienced uh, senior stylist would go hop on a plane and get paid by a company to hold on one second the baby's making an announcement over the loudspeaker (laughs) um there's this whole industry where um a senior stylist would go out and get paid you know like you get paid per gig right and so you go to say toronto and they pay you a certain amount of money and then you get up on stage and you teach and i know you used to do that Um, pretty regularly to supplement your income. And so I'm just like, I feel like there's so many, it's funny because when you think about hairdressers, you think, oh, that's where I get my hair cut or my Mm -hmm. barbers where I get my hair cut. But the whole industry, like um, the product reps who go around the salons and sell products, the sheer sharpeners, there's so many people in our industry who are out of work because the beauty industry really does employ a lot of people at convention centers, everything. So I just wondered if you talked to anybody who's in another um, aspect of our field. Yeah, I have, you know, I have um, friends that are work for product distribution companies and um, they're having a really hard time. You know, they're, some of them are down to three days a week working. And, you know, even during the five weeks that we were open, they weren't allowed to come into the salon and, you know, they really build their business, um, and their sales on relationships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I know when I was just ordering myself, I'd be like, Oh, I got to do that order. I got to do that order. But I was so busy. Like I'm used to my rep coming in and taking my order for me, Mm -hmm. you know? So like I would be behind ordering products because she wasn't coming in. And Mm -hmm. so not only did that affect my sales inside the salon and not being, you know, having my shelf fully stocked, but it definitely affected her business Mm -hmm. and her life. Mm-hmm. So they've had almost six months of hardly any income, or if not, they've been, you know, a lot of them been let go and it's just a crazy time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you were talking about how hairdressers are some are in education and they go around and stuff. And our, I think our industry has started to change um, with a lot of things online anyways. And, you know, so many people watching YouTube videos and things like that, but um, even before COVID, I think what was really missing is hands-on education because you learn so much when you, like, um, one of my coaches tells me, um, you learn while you're in motion. So we mm-hmm. can like 
read and fill herself with knowledge, but you really don't learn till you're in motion, you know, like, so maybe I'm going to watch a haircut, but I'm not going to really learn until I'm applying it and practicing it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just think that, um, I'm like, I'm was already bummed how we're getting away from hands-on education and, um, such talented educators that I've, I've had the pleasure of um, um, blessing of, um, privilege to work under, um, that are these great, amazing haircutters and great, amazing colorists that aren't really educating much anymore because Mm -hmm. there's so much on YouTube. Mm -hmm. But for me, I feel like the difference is like when you're watching YouTube and I'm not trying to put that down at all. Um, it's kind of like giving somebody a fish. Oh, Hey, here's the technique. But then when you go to hands-on class and you're trained like foundational training, um, from these master educators, then you're teaching somebody to fish and you're teaching them to be able to create their YouTube trends. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So instead of just copying what we see, but to really be able to pull something out of you so you can create it yourself. So I just think that, man, it's so important to our industry to be able to still have those kind of classes. And also we're inspired when we're around other people, kind of like, you know, like going to a paint party and we're all painting the same picture. But then when you get up and walk around and you see everybody's picture is different. Right. And so, but then you can be inspired like, oh, hey, I love how they kind of took the paint and pulled it this way. That reminds me of this one time when I saw this photo and then it triggers you, you know, creates flow, like um, an inspiration in you just to see other people's work. And I Mm -hmm. think it's the same way when we're learning hands-on in a group with other stylists or even working in the salon with other stylists. Hey, I like how that color turned out. And what if they did this too? Like, so it can, it's inspiration to be around each other in this industry, you know? Mm -hmm. It definitely is. Yeah. It definitely is. And there's something to be said too, for, I think the travel aspect, I always felt as a salon owner, rewarding people with, um, you know, paid travel to go and learn somewhere else. And I remember at one of the educational events I went to, they called it getting off your mountain. And it doesn't matter how good you think you are in your salon, which, you know, you can be very talented, but if you go somewhere else and you're taken away from you know, all of the same visual cues that you always have in your salon and the same clients and the same coffee shop you go to in the morning before you take your clients and the same place you park. If you go somewhere else, it's almost like you give yourself that space in your neural pathways in your brain to, okay, this is something new. This is Mm -hmm. like, I'm fired up. My eyes are wide open. I'm looking and and it's learning somewhere else can be a really, um, I feel like sometimes, you know, if you have education in your salon, you know, you're, you're getting some good education. That's great. But if you go somewhere else, it's almost like you double the return on your mm-hmm. investment by getting people to, um, just get out of their own element and have, you know, essentially make it the whole day of it. Like I'm, I'm just, even yes. when we went to like, we used to drive to Santa Monica and have education there at a different salon. It was just something different. And it just is a better way to learn, I think. Yeah. Like you put new glasses on, new lenses. Yeah, on. exactly. Yeah. And then it's not only just about learning some new technique with hair. It's also like how the guy talks to his client, or maybe you're inspired by the way he cuffs his jeans or, you know, whatever. It's just learning new things and getting um, inspired and re-inspired. Definitely. Yeah. So what, 
would you say, I mean, do you ever think like forward about the future or do you just try not to get into that? Like how much longer do you think you could press on? Well, that's a good question. And um, it's, that's a really good question for me. I'm (laughs) my little grandbaby. Um, For me, I don't give up till I can't like, I'm not going to give up. Right. I don't want to let go of my space. Um, you know, I, I love, I love the salon that I work in. I love the space. I love where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't want to give up on that. And mm-hmm. I'm going to keep doing it till I can't do it anymore. And I'm not like, Oh, I'm going to give myself one more month. I'm just, that's not the way I'm looking at it. I'm just persevering and yeah. just praying and um, staying hopeful and I'm just going to make it happen. So um, I don't know if that answers the question, but that's my, that's kind of how I do life. Um, I do my best and pray hard and I know it's in God's hands. So whatever happens, happens. And um, I know I'll come out. Um, it'll come out good some way. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think so too, because at the end of the day, you the gold in your life, you've got right there, you know, mm-hmm. in all five foot seven of you or however tall you are that's your gold (laughs) is your talents and your heart and your mind and uh you know your healthy body so let me ask you this have you ever talked to your landlord and said hey you know I I I really need a break well he let us pay half rent for the first um for like three months when we were not opened and and then falling into that next month before we opened but now we're paying back that rent (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, um, so now you're paying full rent plus the old half. Yes. Oh, queen. I know, but you know, what are you going to do? Um, and I have a business partner, so we think very differently on a lot of things and that's really, um, helped us through owning our business. But now we're at a bit of a crossroads because she's like, oh man, we don't know what's happening. Let's get out of this. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, there's so many different struggles and um, we're, we're supposed to be signing our lease again. And she's not really sure that she wants to do that, not knowing what's happening in our hair industry and what the future of our industry is going to even be like. But um, so the name of my salon is Salt. And God gave me that name. And I wanted to, when I opened the salon, I was like, I just want to be a light in the community and I want um, it to be a positive place for people to come. And so one day I just heard as clear as a bell, the salt of the earth. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like um, being a positive salon in the community and a place that people can come and feel good, um, not just look good, but feel good and have good conversation and um in a positive environment like I don't want to give that up yeah you know so I want to work hard for it and not just for me because I put so much into it but for my girls they love working there Mm -hmm. they we have like a little family and I don't want to give up for them being maybe because being a mom and a big sister I'm used to persevering for the benefit of other people as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. um and also for the community like I know um, I've had such awesome clients. I've had one client who all five months he's paid me, he's Venmoed me and he'll write missed haircut. Mm. And then, yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. (laughs) Yeah. um, Are you talking about Steve that um, has the office downtown? 
No, he doesn't have an office oh. stand-down. But um, anyway, so then when we were able to cut hair outside, I'm like, hey, come get a haircut. And he was so happy and grateful. And he had just Venmoed me for a missed haircut the week before. And he still insisted on paying me. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what? And they're all just wanting us to stay open. Too. Sure. Yeah. And then one of my clients, her husband walked by and he's like, saw me cutting hair outside. And he's like, I feel so bad for you guys. And I'm like, you know, it is what it is. Just trying to stay positive. And then she paid me for the, her next five haircuts. Like oh. clients want us to stay open too. You sure. know? So, and the day that that happened with um, my client, Samantha, who paid me for all those haircuts, I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, can I really do this? And it was a day that I like really needed encouragement. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like God always knows when I need a little push. And mm-hmm. so for her to do that, it was just like, yeah, I want to stay open for these clients. I mm-hmm. want to stay open for the community. I want to stay open for my girls. I want to stay open for me. So yeah, I'm just trying to see all the good in the whole COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's definitely been trying times. And you know what is so interesting is for me, one of the big pieces of it is just loss of control because I have no clue what Thanksgiving is going to look like. My kids were like, are we going to still trick or treat on Halloween? I'm like, I don't think so. I can't imagine we would, yeah. you know? And so it, you can originally it was like in your house for just yeah. you and your family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we do stuff like that, but it's just everything, everything Every single holiday, every day is different than it was for all the traditions. And I think as a society, and I'm sure lots of societies really rely on your traditions. And like we go for Thanksgiving and we always have a big, huge family party. I can't imagine that that would be good because a lot of the family members we have are older people. Mm -hmm. So that's probably not going to happen. And that, you know, like, I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. Uh, everything is different. And so it has been, if anything has been good, there's been some things that have been good that have come out of it, uh, more family time, et cetera. But one of the things is that it has really taught me to get my control issues under control because I have, I have no control. Um, I can keep my house clean. I can control, you know, what I eat and that I'm taking care of myself. Um, but beyond that, really don't have a lot of control over what's going to be happening, you know, with school, That's true. Uh, you know, my son's going to, a, going to JC that's all online. Um, yeah. My girls in high school, all online. My, you know, my one, my one, my baby was supposed to start preschool, not happening, but well, I mean, yeah. it could be worse, but it's weird. Like the control aspect is weird. It is. But you know what? I, when I, those moments I think about that none of us were even promised tomorrow so really we don't have control anyway that's such a good point and we and it's so easy to forget that because you're like you just take your life for granted but it's so true you never know you know you never know tomorrow what could happen and so it it is a good lesson yeah and I try to live my life like if this is the last day how would it Mm -hmm. be and um Wow, that totally just got me a little emotional right now thinking about that. Like, how much of us are wasting each day? How much of us are wasting this alone time that we have that we could be bettering ourselves or just enjoying our Mm -hmm. kids instead of being frustrated with your husband or your boyfriend or your baby because you haven't had a break? 
like reset your mind, go for a walk around the block, take the kids for a walk around the block, like reset all of your minds. Cause we're all stressed. But if we can just enjoy each moment and like really make stuff count, mm-hmm. then we can get through this time. Um, instead of worrying about what's tomorrow going to be, because like we just said, there might not be a tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And what if you wasted today? Yeah, it's a great so, point. So I'm really trying to learn new ways of enjoying life. And I already love to be outside and I already love to be with my family. So, um, yeah, I, I'm doing okay, I guess. Yeah. It's just trying it not sounds to like stress. <laughs> trying not to let your mind run away with you. That's what I have yeah. to do. I'm like, okay, right. we're okay yeah, because- right now, Diana. So don't let your mind make it not okay. Yeah. And so maybe I pay for salon that I'm not using for another six months, whatever it's money. I mean, it comes and it goes, not that it's not stressful, not that it won't be challenging, but I do believe firmly with all my heart that God makes beauty out of ashes. So I know something good will come of it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't live in fear. Um, Not to say I'm not disappointed ever. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Were you able to apply or get any of the PPP or PPP? PP? No, because we don't have employees. Oh, so that was my point with a lot of these salons. They don't have employees. We mm-hmm. have space runners. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have independent contractors that help us pay our rent. That's like owning an apartment building and no one paying their rent. Mm-hmm. And then as an apartment owner, you have to pay that mortgage all by yourself. Right. So right. yeah, it's challenging. Yeah. And from what I understand from people who are not salon owners, who are, I've talked to a few people who are space renters, they're not able to get anything either. They're really struggling to get any. No, they're not. And you know, um, unemployment or anything. Yeah. And thank God we were able to get unemployment for a while. um, Well, none of us were working because, you know, there was a time where there wasn't, we're doing house calls now, but there was a time uh, where there weren't, we weren't doing that because nobody wanted to leave their house. Like I was saying in the beginning when everybody was all freaked out, um, me included, um, there, sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. Um, but now that the salons still aren't open, but now there's not that extra COVID money either for unemployment. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I don't really, it's going to be really hard for hairdressers to stay in this industry for sure. And, so and the, then open. there's the trickle down effect because, you know, hairdressers have, um, you know, all sorts of things that they pay for, which supports other industries like cars, you know, yes. like your car payment, your insurance payment, you know, like if you can't work and you can't keep your car, you know, that's just one industry or, or you can't spend money on whatever that you, you know, I know we've definitely tightened up our, our resources to be careful because we're trying to conserve because it's been so weird and scary mm-hmm. that there's a lot of things that we're not spending on anymore right now too. And so then that's affecting other industries. So it's interesting how our economy is affected as well. Right. And then, you know, it also like people aren't getting their nails done as much because they realize, oh, I guess I could do it myself or I yeah. mood gels or, oh, wow, my nails are finally healthy. <laughs> Say I'm looking at mine. I my nails actually look great because I haven't gotten gels in a long time, and I just paint my own nails. It's not per they're not perfect, and there is something so nice about going into a nail salon and getting your nails and toes really done well, 
It is. And there is. going with a girlfriend, I know you and I have gone many times, sat mm-hmm. side by side and enjoyed an hour of visiting while we get our nails and toes done. And But I, that, it's not worth the risk to me to go do that, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and it's just so people are creating habits. So my clients are in, now getting in the habit of, oh, well, my hair's not so bad now that it's grown out. Or, oh, I guess maybe I don't mind my gray roots. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. you start to have new habits and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I don't have to go every six weeks. What if I go every three months, you know, three months or so right. it definitely will have an impact, a lasting impact. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a client who has um, gray and I've colored her like a level six Brown forever, you know, just Brown low lights or sorry, Brown solid color. And then I want to say around Christmas start, we started like reverse highlighting her where I was letting her gray grow out and then just putting foils with some browns in it. Mm-hmm. And when this all hit, she's like, thank God we did that because now she can get away with, you know, right. she only has to come to me like four times a year as opposed to every six weeks. Yeah. And I think, you know, being in this industry for so long, we have a lot of clients who are transitioning into more gray mm-hmm. and, um, lucky for me <laughs> that, um, I'm really good at taking people back to natural. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I'm really big on easy grow out anyway. So glad for my clients who are <laughs> not having extreme drastic roots, you know? Yeah, exactly. They can exactly. Get back in. But, you know, it's kind of interesting as the, like I would go into during the, um, the first shutdown you know, nobody wanted their hair done. And then every time they would extend the, extend the closed salons, people would just come out of the woodwork. Okay. I can't wait anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. it would happen again. So like, it just kept going through this cycle. Every time our date was pushed back, they would all come. Okay. Forget it. I can't wait. Yeah. So, it's a big rush. Yeah. We'll see yeah. how it turns out. Yeah, for sure. Well, can you think of anything else you want to talk about lady? Um, how about, hmm, what have you learned during COVID? Like, what is your, I mean, I, we kind of touched on that, but what was your, what's your favorite part about? Oh, are, are you interviewing me now? <laughs> <laughs> I have learned, um, I really enjoy this podcasting thing. I was trying to do before, like, um, I was playing around with the idea of doing like the Zoom calls that you did. But the problem with that for me, five kids at home is A, finding time when I would be interrupted and B, finding time to get ready and look decent. Right. And literally I'm in my under underwear and my t-shirt because I just got off the exercise bike. I'm filthy. I need to take a shower after this. But I can take 45 minutes or an hour and do an interview um, and I don't have to worry about the getting ready or looking nice part of it. And so for that, I found my, um, sort of my creative outlet, which I need, I'm a creative person. So I need that sort of like creative outlet. And I feel like I'm able to put stuff out there. That's good, um, for other people to listen to. It's like, it's either positive content or it's learning content, like about, um, what's going on in our world with, uh, equality or, it's letting people learn new things and I'm learning new things at the same time. So for me, that has been, I never would have guessed that I'd be like, so into having conversations, recording conversations, editing them, putting them out, promoting them. But I really am enjoying the podcasting part of it. So I think finding, I mean, you can kind of back that down into finding something that's sort of like your why or you're happy. And I'm had to get okay with, and this has always been my thing. 
I'm quote unquote, not a good mom because just being a mom isn't enough. And I would say that to myself a lot. Like, you have five kids. Why isn't that just enough? Why wouldn't you want to just keep the house clean, plan the dinner, hang out with the kids, be there for the kids, but it isn't enough for me. And now I'm finally like, that's okay. You know, it's okay that I want more. Mm -hmm. Well, you're an entrepreneur. Yes. So yeah, that's why (laughs) that's who you are and you're a great one too. So I can see why you struggle with that. Yeah. But you can do, but you can be both. You can do both. Just like and I do enjoy your... both. I mean, mm-hmm. if you could see me right now, I'm sitting with just the messiest toy room garage. Toys are everywhere. <laughs> uh, literally, the other day, my daughter took her sand bucket. I forgot we had sand from going to the beach and dumped it all the, on the couch while I was on the exercise bike. And I couldn't see her do it until after I was done. And I had to spend like a half an hour vacuuming all the sand out of the couch, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I do enjoy being a mom. And I always have. But... I finally, I think I spent a lot of time like feeling bad about enjoying work so much. And it's not really even about the money because I don't make any money podcasting. It's more about the product, like the turning out something cool or turning out something that I'm proud of. And then mm-hmm. why I would see other women who stayed home and just were happy to stay home or, or, or made it look like they were happy staying home. Who knows if they really were, but I kicked myself a lot. Like, you know, you've got this beautiful little boy or you've got these beautiful children or you adopted this beautiful girl. Why isn't it just enough? But it's for me, it's not enough. And I'm glad because now I'm like four of my kids have pretty much emotionally flown the coop. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's a great thing. They're getting older They've got their own friends, their own projects, their own art, their own lives that they're looking forward to leading. And I could see in another five years that they're, they're gone. They're doing their own thing, whatever that looks like for them. And so it's really important. I'm realizing like, I need to have my own thing. And so COVID has, I'm like, I have my own thing that I really like, you know, even though I don't do hair anymore, even though I don't own salons anymore, um, I've got a little a little, if you want to call it a hobby or whatever that I enjoy. Yeah. How about well, you? It remind, it, well, what you were saying reminds me of one of my favorite quotes, which is those who are constantly discovering are fulfilled. Yes. And disco- discovering isn't something that happens to us. It's something we do. Mm-hmm. So if you think about like little kids watching little kids and they're constantly discovering and it's so fun because mm-hmm. they're so fulfilled because they're always learning. Mm-hmm. And, um, for me, it's been um, just having time, you know, especially yeah. because um, being hairdressers, we're always on time. Someone's always waiting for us. Who's the next one? And like trying to stay on time. I'm really big on being on time for my clients. And so just being able to be in the pool for hours with my grandbabies yeah. or like my little best friends and not having to worry about anything. Right. And a girlfriend and I went out um, to eat. And we we're sitting outside and these two men were sitting next to us and we ended up chatting and we sat there for like four hours and totally made new friends and had great conversations. Yeah. And um, we all had some sub- similar views on what's going on in the world. We had some <laughs> opposite views on what's going on in the world that what was so cool about it. We were able to ask each other, Oh, okay. Well, why do you, why do you feel that way? And it was so cool to just like, be able to make new friends and be enlightened on both each other's side 
maybe not change your views, but be enlightened. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, I see why you can see it that way. Like that kind of stuff. And it was really funny because the one man kept saying, it was Mark and Marcus. And Mark kept saying, Marcus, you're never going to see these women again. And then by the end of the day, he's like, hey, I'm going to be back in three weeks. And I'm like, so much for never, you're never going to see us again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that time is like, you hear about European countries that like make time, make time for vacations, make time for dinners in the evenings together and community. And I mean, really that is a big part of this COVID experience is the time that we never had made before. Yeah. It's so awesome. I don't ever want to lose that now. Yeah. I've had that. I know. It's like, how do we protect that? Yeah, that's for sure. Definitely. We've got this, um, I don't think I've told you about this, but we've got this new fantasy and I don't know that it would actually happen, but we are living on the fantasy of this happening. Um, We're talking about, figuring out all the moving parts and renting our house out and getting a fifth wheel and taking all the kids and just traveling around the country for, you know, for this school mm-hmm. year, yeah. because we were thinking, okay, if we had a trailer, it would obviously have to be a big trailer, but if we had a trailer and we really minimized our life, we're already used to the whole VRBO thing, renting our house out in the summer. So our kids know about kind of being a gypsy in the summer. My husband works from anywhere with his computer. And if we haul it somewhere on the weekend, get there, set up, and then say we're in the Grand Canyon and we're there and our house is rented. So that's sort of like a neutral thing. We don't have to worry about someone breaking in here and we would be having our house payment made. We could explore, you know, they could go to school from nine to one or nine to two or whatever it is online and then get them off those darn computers and electronics and go hike or go explore or go have dinner in a different city. Um, and then on the weekend, load the thing up and haul it to a new place. Mm-hmm. And we could make our way across the country over the course and we would have the time. So if we got someplace yeah. really cool where we're like, oh, we're in the Grand Tetons and this is amazing and we want to stay an extra week, mm-hmm. we would have the liberty of doing that. And so, girl, I mean, I've been that, I've been that you know, start taking clients at eight and stay until eight kind of a woman, my whole working career. I've never thought of myself as a stay at home mom, which I Mm -hmm. am now much less a homeschool mom. I mean, to me, I always like, always thought of people that did that. It, it was like, Oh, that must be for like really smart people or hippies or I don't know. But now I'm like, they're going to be doing it anyway. So let's go. Yeah. Well, and like I was saying earlier, um, that you learn in motion. Yeah. So what are they really going to learn sitting behind the computer? They're going to learn when you're out in the world and applying what they're learning. Right. And and experiencing and discovering. So yeah, I, Diane, I have the same exact thought like you. I'm like, okay, so if salt isn't going to be at 410 Main Street in Huntington Beach, California, maybe it's going to be in like you said, a fifth wheel or an airstream and just yeah. be where the wind takes me. That's my Layla gets whenever we're together. She's like, mom, where's the wind taking us today? Cause I always oh, say that. I, I love gonna, that. Let's see know. where the wind's going to take us. Oh, and you're making such good memories with those kids too. I know. I love having them here. Like right now I'm sitting on my patio. That's usually immaculate. And there's a big chalkboard with chalk writing all over it. Cause Tavik loves to draw. He's almost oh. two. And there's goggles on the ground and a squirt gun. And it's just like the happiest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like so weird. Like 
we, sh- I, you would think that this, con- you know, I'm talking to a woman who I'm a, f- a woman with five children who we've had seven heartbeats, actually eight with a gigantic dog, eight heartbeats in this, this house for five months. And I'm relatively happy. And yeah. I'm talking to a woman who is paying rent for a space that she can't work in and you're relatively happy. So it is kind of like, it's almost like the conversation is about like, what's really important in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy. It is. It is. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I knew that that's yeah. what this conversation would be like with you. Cause <laughs> it's always like that. <laughs> I know. I love you, friend. <laughs> I know. I love you too. 